Recording in progress. Good evening. I'd like to call to order the uh, Shoreline Planning Commission regular meeting for Thursday, April 20th, 2023. First item is roll call, Ms. Hoeksma. Commissioner Brinson. Here. Commissioner Callahan. Here. Commissioner Lynn. Here. Commissioner Mosier. Here. Vice Chair Wamashonje. Present. And Chair Sager. Here. Thank you. And Commissioner Galuska is absent with notice. Thank you. Thank you. Next item is approval of the agenda. Does anybody wish to make any changes to the agenda? All right, seeing none. Uh, we have approval of the minutes from March 16th and April 6th. Does anybody have any changes they'd like to see done? Okay, great. That brings us to general public comment. Ms. Hoeksma, is there anybody signed up for general public comment tonight? I have none this evening, thank you. All right. All right, that brings us to our study item, Parks, Recreation, Open Space, and Arts Plan Update. Good evening. My name is Mary Reedy and I am the Interim Director for the Recreation, Cultural and Community Services Department. And we are here this evening with uh, to present our update and status update on our Parks, Recreation, Open Space and Arts Plan. Um, it'll be, this is the first time of I think three scheduled times that we will be coming and presenting this to the Commission throughout the course of the development of the plan. And I will let my co-presenters introduce themselves. I'm Tom Beckwith. I'm the consultant for the Proza Plan. I'm Jacob Bilbo, project manager of the City of Shoreline. I have a um, head cold and a sore throat. Mary and I really like each other, but we're keeping our distance. <laughs> I'm keeping my distance, so. <laughs> All right, I'll get it started off. Um, <clears throat> So in October of 2022, we introduced Stefferson and Associates, who is the public engagement consultant for the Proza Plan, um, along with their approach to outreach and engagement. And then in November of 2022, we contracted separately with Beckwith. And at that time, we laid out the framework for a five-phased approach to completing all remaining Proza Plan work other than outreach and I'll get into that a little more in a moment. Um, the current 2017 to 2023 PROS plan was the first plan that was created by the city to call out strategic action initiatives. And while it was still in the sense a traditional plan, it included more public outreach than in the past. And so we decided to continue with this framework due to its functionality um, and the ability for staff to base work plans off of these initiatives. Um, <clears throat> the current strategic action initiatives have helped guide work, such as the bond project, uh, CAPR certification, trail development, nature-based programming, partnerships with camps, senior study, and other programs. Um, and I, I wanna note that the upcoming proposal plan will not include an aquatics feasibility study or demand and needs assessment based on the light rail sub areas, um, as these were unique to 
the current plan. Um, there will still be five goals and associated policies that are required for the comp plan, the comprehensive plan. Um, we are reevaluating these goals and will provide updated goals that will be included in the new comp plan. Um, and I'll also add that we anticipate, um, although we are going to completely reevaluate them, we at this time don't anticipate there being much change um, in these goals. Um, the 2017 to 2022 public art plan also had five goals and implemented implementation strategies, and it was rolled out in three phases over six years. Um, unlike the pros plan, the public art plan is not a state required document. Um, however, it's still good standard practice to create and maintain one as a guidance document. So we're continuing to do so. Um, during um, the development of the current public arts plan, we did not have an outreach um, or we did not have an outreach consultant or consultant support. Um, so now with Beckwith, along with our new public arts coordinator, um, we can leverage this opportunity to create a more robust plan, which includes updating the public um, art plan goals. And as such, the upcoming plan will be a combined pros and public arts plan, which we are now call, calling the PROSA plan, P-R-O-S-A. Uh, next slide, please. Um, <clears throat> So the city previously engaged with one consultant who conducted both the community engagement and technical components of the current pros plan. It's the 2017 to 2022 plan. Um, at that time, there was a significant effort to ensure community engagement in this plan. And as such, um, staff and the Parks, Recreation and Cultural Services slash tree board or tree board um, recognize the need to focus more intentionally on engaging those who are often um, overlooked in outreach and engagement efforts. Um, and we also needed to meet a more condensed timeline, uh, timeline. So with this in mind, staff decided to separate the public engagement work from the technical work and uh, decided to engage with Stepperson and Associates to conduct the public outreach and engagement component of the PROSA plan. And then we also leverage this opportunity to have Stefferson work uh, with Andrew and the comprehensive plan team to simultaneously conduct engagement work related to the comp plan. Um, in October, 2022, staff then selected Beckwith Consulting Group, who's here with us tonight, um, due to their extensive experience developing pros plans for other agencies in the state, um, and they also um, are able to meet the aggressive timeline for this project. In November, we presented a project roadmap that was divided into five phases, and we're still following that plan. However, some dates and key milestones have shifted, um, and Tom will be going into more detail on, on where we are in this process at the moment. Um, but while we've updated the project timeline, um, we're still on target to adopt and submit the new PROSA plan in December of 2023. Next slide, please. So <clears throat> finally, we plan on updating the Planning Commission, City Council, and the Tree Board several times throughout the project lifestyle. 
Um, continuing in June, when we will provide an update on the new strategic action initiatives. Um, we'll we will return uh, here in October to discuss the final draft prior to going to council for final approval, approval in November. And we'll continue working with the Planning Commission to ensure integration into the comp plan, um, as well as the parts board throughout the year. And uh, finally, uh, I want to note that we're required to have this submitted by the end of the year, and we'll be submitting the new PROSA plan to the Washington Recreation and Conservation Office in mid to late December. So I'm going to walk us through some of the engagement process so you can understand how we kind of got to where we're at currently. As Jacob stated, we use Stefferson and Associates in order to both meet a very aggressive timeline, so teasing out both the technical and the engagement so there could be overlap, as well as to really do a better job on equity-based outreach and try to really walk the talk with the city's anti-racist resolution. And so, as Jacob mentioned, we had done more outreach than we had ever done in the past with our current pros plan, and we wanted to build upon that, but really get to the, to the groups and to the people in our community that are underrepresented, not represented at all, um, have not felt that they have a voice at all and trying to encourage their voice. And I'll get into some of the statistics and how we did that um, in a minute. We also are working with the planning team, Andrew and his team, the transportation team, and other groups, climate action plan team, to really start developing a citywide standard for equity mapping. And so we will be including equity mapping in our PROSA plan for the first time. We will have unique layers than, um, for example, the climate action plan. And we will include some of their layers and then others, such as walkability to park entrances, walkability to certain park features, things like that, that will be unique. And public art, location of public art, things like that, that'll be unique to the PROSA plan. Uh, we are working, like I said, in coordination with the planning team and the comprehensive plan to make sure that there's alignment in that so all the plans are pretty much representing and working with the same data points and sources. So our engagement process, we tried to schedule about 20 different interviews with individuals in the community that were identified as leaders that usually would never be uh, talked to, outreach to. This would be either informal or formal groups. Some were special education PTSA leaders, some were parents, some were local business owners. So Stefferson did seven interviews with those folks and trying to find out how best to engage with their communities, who else to engage with in their communities. And that kicked off our whole engagement process. We did do five individual focus groups and had 54 total attendees. They were at Ballinger Homes, Senior Center, the Teen Center, places like that. So trying to get a real varied voice because the survey tended to be um, a pretty narrow typical survey taking 
demographic. We also did five tabling events, and we had 370 contacts. We were at the Lantern Festival. We were at Dia de Muertos. We were wherever we could be to be there. We were at the Shoreline Library for an evening, just intercepting, asking people, can you give us feedback? Here's a QR code. Can you take the survey? We had the survey in five different languages. We printed out hard copies in different languages. We had it in bigger print, so trying to make it as accessible as possible. We did get 795 surveys total. We had translated it into five languages. That's 680 online. We had 115 hard copies, and the English ones were usually in big print for seniors and those that had a hard time seeing. And uh, with the visual cues on a smaller print piece of paper or online. We had nine in Amharic and 15 in Tigrinya filled out. So um, that brought us to a 795 total. We did also use the interactive map that was a first time for the city that Stefferson and Associates uh, brought to the table with them, which was amazing. 258 pins on that interactive map telling us what programs they would like, where in the city, what they would like to see in certain parks, what, where they would like a trail. We had 1,771 upvotes, which is a lot of engagement. So 258 doesn't seem very overwhelming, but when you get 1,700 people or times that they're going in and looking at that comment and voting on it, that's huge and 177 people that disagreed with comments. Um, this is in addition to, as Jacob mentioned, the there wasn't total correlation between the ending of the current public art plan and the ending of the current prose plan. And due to staff turnover and a couple other things, we kind of had started doing an internal only public art plan and held back on it because we had some staff turnover and looked to really amplify the voice and the engagement for public art. And so we rolled it into the pros plan. Before that decision, though, we had already done three focus groups and gotten 361 surveys in English and Spanish already back just on public art engagement. So to date, we've completed the public engagement portion, except for we will have a an open house coming up in the beginning of May. Um, we'll do virtual and in-person open houses to just give one last, is there anything we forgot? Or to, to ask you, what other voices do you want? What Anything like that. Um, we've given one council update to date. We <clears throat> did have one additional focus group that we held in mid-March with athletic renter users and partners such as the college and the school district. We have had small group meetings and will continue to with the Parks, Recreation, Cultural Services and Tree Board and that will be um, kind of modus operandi for throughout this whole process to because we do have a condensed timeline to, to have their engagement and their voice throughout the whole process. We are also doing interviews with local jurisdictions and agencies to find out where they're at and what they're talking about. Many people are in the process of doing their own planning documents as well. Staff are tomorrow going to be getting all the engagement data and be culling through that in small work groups and teams and then be meeting with 
Tom and his team in a couple weeks to really dive deep in what it means to the staff, all this public feedback and what jumps to the forefront for them. So I will pass it over to Tom. For midterm work, the strategic action uh, initiatives first draft will be in May and June. We'll have to have it done by then. We'll have the first draft completion of the PROSA plan in September. We will integrate into that your climate action and urban forest strategic plan. Primarily, that will be policies and goals and objectives rather than the technical work that's been done separately. We're drafting a SEPA checklist um, for the PROSA plan. It's a programmatic checklist that looks at park and uh, trail and open space impacts in general, not, not necessarily site-specific projects. And the things that we're working on currently are facility assessments. We've looked at repair and replacement for each of the parks, and we will be looking at level of service requirements. And in the level of service requirements, we'll be looking at how do we measure that. There's a number of different ways of doing that. One is investment, one is ratios of land, another is uh, walkability to, um, to um, amenities and uh, activities, and one, of course, will be the social equity work. Integration with the comprehensive plan. The PROSA plan is a standalone document that Council will, will approve as a standalone, but it's also the basis, the policies and the strategies, at least, and the strategic actions that becomes your chapter, uh, Park and Recreation chapter, and your comp plan. So we will have that done by the end of the year, but of course that leaves you the ability to review it and edit and incorporate it as you do the rest of the comprehensive plan. Uh, as I said, we're incorporating recent uh, Growth Management Act uh, updates. This is work that the legislature has done. So we will have elements dealing with climate action, housing, and sustainability. Long-term work, August and October, we're going to be projecting the market's demands and needs. We'll be projecting for what we think it should be now versus over the next 20 years, your, your planning period. One of those issues would be latent demand, things that are not available that people say in the surveys that they would like to do. One of the sources for that data will be what the um, Recreation Conservation Office does when they do their score plan, Strategic Comprehensive Outdoor Recreation Plan. <laughs> and they do that to qualify for federal grants. Uh, but we will be using their diary survey information that they developed in 2022. We will be looking at, as a result of that, what your facility requirements are, what your financial prospects and strategies, and what we'll be looking at there is comprehensive. What does it take to administer, to program, to maintain, and then to develop and acquire new facilities? We'll be looking at a comprehensive uh, strategy, not just a uh, development strategy. Um, and then we'll include the comp the, your uh, capital improvements program out of that, and then finally the results of the SEPA checklist. Now, as uh, Jacob mentioned, the aquatics feasibility study will be done about the time that we're done. It will be an appendix uh, to the PROSA plan, but will not address the issues that are in it. They're separate, uh, running on parallel tracks. And to add, that's the North King County Aquatics Feasibility Study that we are in partnership with Kenmore, Cities of Kenmore and Cities of Lake Forest Park, and have just signed a contract, City of Kenmore is the lead, signed a contract with a consultant, and that work should be completed by October or November. Hence, it'll be as an appendices as opposed to embed in the document itself. Questions? Anybody have questions or comments? Yes, Vice Chair Ramachandji. Thank you. My comment actually has nothing to do 
with what you presented on. My comment has something to do with the work that you do. And when you go back, please thank the crews that do maintenance in the open spaces. They absolutely do a fantastic job. They do a fantastic job managing the interurban trail, uh, the pedestrian, uh, the pedestrian bridges that we have, and definitely the open spaces and the parks. So tell them thank you. I will. I will pass that on to them for sure. They don't always hear that, so I will pass it on. Uh, real quick, I would have to agree with that. And, and um, I just, <clears throat> I, it always makes me happy that I, I see them. I mean, they're, they're always there. They're always present. And it, I don't know, it's, there's something about it that uh, makes me feel good to see them out there always um, taking care for us. Uh, anybody else? Yes, Commissioner Brinson. Not a question, but I, I, I think more gratitude. Looking at your, remembering the engagement conversation that we had several months ago, six, I don't know, whenever it was in the before times, um, I think it's amazing the results that you got back. I mean, I think that level of engagement clearly shows that we've done a lot to broaden who we're trying to talk to. So that effort is really recognized. So thank you. Thank you. It's a beginning. Thanks. Uh, Commissioner Callahan. Yes, um, thank you for your work. Um, I was just curious to know more about um, the facilities um, aspect and in particular restrooms um, and how you would be um, looking at that and considering it because um, that has a lot to do with uh, making an inclusive space. and. You know, one of the big trends I've been noticing is um, airports are doing a lot more of the single user types of restrooms. And I was just curious to know if, um, you know, if, if the scope of your plan, if you're going to be thinking about restrooms and what types and that sort of thing. And restrooms will be considered as a facility, which is part of the plan analysis and level of service definition. Um, we're not doing a deep dive analysis in the plan on restrooms themselves because there is a lot to be considered with single use restrooms as well. I was just in a meeting with the chief of police and they have their own feelings on single use restrooms in parks. So um, there's a lot to be considered on viability, cost. And so Tom may wanna to talk a little bit more about it as it's rolled into the facilities section of the plan. We've taken a look at the restrooms at each park. Uh, some of them are older facility, or older, um, older facilities, porcelain sinks and, and uh, toilets and so on, which are prone to vandalism and breakage. We've also looked at some of which are what we call the gang or the group restrooms. Um, in the future, you're probably gonna see less and less of those, depending on what the uh, security issues are on the single use restrooms. Uh, so we will have an assessment for each park and each restroom by the time we get done. And they will probably be different based on what the, what the conditions of some of those are and what the prospects are for future development or replacement. And I want to acknowledge your comment on inclusivity and people feeling invited and safe to use restrooms. And we do have a Portland Loo, which is a single-use restroom currently at Echo Lake Park. 
and that was a pilot and so we will be addressing that and looking at the success of that and not and um, weaving that into that narrative into the plan as well. That's great. And I forgot about the Echo Lake um, one. Um, I, yeah, I just think that would be a, a um, as you do these interviews with um, other local municipalities, um, thinking about um, you know what they might be considering doing as well, and um, you know, just uh, I do think it's it's um, you know it's it's a big issue to help people um, feel uh, safe, comfortable, and and welcome there. Agreed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Commissioner Lynn. Thank you. Uh, the question is more on um, uh, curious on the survey result. Uh, I know you are, you are doing analysis of uh, like you must collect you must have collect the uh, answer from like each group. And uh, I'm wondering if there are uh, increased feedback from uh, younger uh, demographic, and uh, if that, uh, just in comparison, because this is much broader and more um, more uh, complete uh, survey and online uh, or engagement, and. I understand uh, City of Shoreline tend to be a more uh, bedroom community and uh, um, in general the, the age groups are more on the on average on the older side uh, or mature side. Um, but wondering if there's any trend that we are getting more voice from uh, the uh, younger demographic. We did do two different, one tabling event at the Shoreline Teen Center thrift event, and I don't have those exact numbers, but uh, where Stefferson Associates was there engaging with the youth, and then we also did a focus group with the youth themselves, as well as we had done the same thing with the public art survey. One of those three focus groups we had done in the spring of 2022 was at the Shoreline Teen Center. Um, as well as the Ballinger Homes focus group was mainly with youth, oh. all the way down to we had six and seven year olds telling us what color slide they wanted to <laughs> teenagers. Uh, I'll never forget, and it's in the comments, somebody that wanted a cat park because it's not fair, she only has cats and everyone <laughs> has dog parks and she wants a cat park. Mm -hmm. So we got some very creative from the young voices. A lot of wanting art to be engaging, engagement type activities as opposed to the static, just dropped big sculpture pieces. So there's been a lot of that feedback. They want to be engaged in their parks. Uh -huh. um, they don't want to just walk through it. They want to have something to, to do. Um, so yes, we did. We got more than usual because we really did focus on getting it out to uh, the Shoreline Team Center to Ballinger Homes, and then our youth outreach leaders, which is a group of young folks that we employ. And their job is to connect youth with city government, city services, and community services. So they also help promote and send out the QR code to all their friends and get people to fill it out. 
I would say on an online survey that uh, all surveys are self-selected, even the ones which are advertised to be statistical. A person has to decide to take it or not. But the uh, characteristics of the people who responded to the survey were pretty balanced between age, income, education, and all the other factors. And I wouldn't say that it's a perfect statistical uh, representation of the community, but it's pretty close. <clears throat> and so I would say it's, it's pretty representative of what we would expect to find if we went out and pulled somebody off the street. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I imagine there's such big task, so many data to it. Analyze. <laughs> Takes and a lot of beer to get through all those. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of comments. I think 25 or 30 pages that I just sent over to ask some people on our team to put in different buckets, and themes, themes, mm -hmm. and, and get it organized for us to cull through. So there's and a just lot. a, a follow-up. So how many interviews are with um, uh, city staff? Um, so. Because that sort of statistic or uh, the data will come from city as well, correct? Correct. So Tom is meeting with the entire Recreation and Cultural Services staff in two weeks. And we're also working to schedule a similar type interaction with the Parks Operations team. So he will be sitting and culling through the data, what looks good, to, what, what sits weird with you, what speaks to you by volumes, what do you think's missing, all that. Would add on the online survey of the 25 pages of comments. They're fairly detailed. People have very definite opinions that they wanted wanted uh, us to know. So one about, thing about shoreline residents, they're not bashful. They've told us exactly what yes. what they want and exactly where they want it, which is helpful. <laughs> very mm -hmm. helpful. That's great. Yes, Commissioner Moser. I guess related to the question about age demographics, do we have a sense of if we're getting good representation? As the, we've kind of changed in recent years to have a lot more apartment dwellers, and do we feel like they've been kind of accounted for in that, or is it a lot of that kind of existing, like single-family home kind of resident? That we probably didn't get as good a representation as we uh, would have liked. So we're just going to have to make some assumptions that since you're in an apartment, you would like to have more green space that you can engage in. The average age of certain apartments. Um, you know, we'll have to do some assumptions of, from national and regional trends for what usually is appealing to that age group. Um, so, anybody else? I'd just like to say that uh, I am uh, impressed at the the level of detail that you've gone to to. Get this engagement um, going, and and what you, and how how hard you have worked to get the information that you've gotten, and and your surveys and your focus groups, and uh, I think it it just speaks volumes uh, as to the importance of our parks and recreation, open space, and arts. Um, <clears throat> I also would just like to um, say that. Uh, I want to uh, speak for the people uh, who are disabled and, and to be sure that um, people with disabilities are also going to be able to enjoy now and going forward any of the uh, parks and the open space and 
the connective trails and such. Thank you, that's a good point, and I didn't mention that. With the focus group, we did do one focus group with our specialized recreation program participants and their caregivers, So, um, and those are adults with disabilities, and we have a very big, robust, and we sent the survey out to them and all their caregivers and at the senior center, and we got some interesting feedback, things that like just seams, and is even the tiniest little seam with a walker um, on a sidewalk prevents a lot of people from being able to enjoy that path. Um, having a landing, a, a pad right next to a bench so that somebody in a wheelchair can sit, that uses a wheelchair can sit next to their friend instead of blocking the trail when sitting next to talking to a friend that's sitting on the bench. So we got a lot of feedback like that and uh, it's been, yes, that is one of our equity lenses that we're using when we walk through this plan. 8% of the online survey respondents identified as having some kind of physical disability. So their comments are incorporated as well. Excellent, thank you. Anybody else, any other follow-ups, questions, comments? Great. Again, we thank you. Uh, this is uh, very good information and very detailed, and, and we appreciate it. And we look forward to our next um, meeting with some more updates. Thank you. We appreciate having the opportunity to give you the updates. Thanks. Thank you. All right. That does bring us to unfinished business. Is there unfinished business tonight? about new business. Any reports? Anybody have any special things to say? Yes, Mr. Bauer. Yeah, so um, kind of uh, dovetailing nicely actually with all of the discussion on engagement, I just want to remind the commissioners that we have our online open house live right now for the comprehensive plan update. Um, so if you haven't taken the survey or visited the online open house yet, please do so. Uh, there's an interactive board where you can drop comments and things in there, um, similar to the interactive map that Mary was describing. Um, you can interact and comment on other people's comments and upvote and downvote them and all that fun stuff. Um, and then also um, help spread the word. So we're a couple weeks in right now. Um, we, we're seeing a fair amount of uh, response so far, but we'd like more. And so um, spread the word with your friends, neighbors, social media, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, let us know too, we've got some one page flyers that um, you could drop into your favorite coffee shop or business that you might frequent. We've got a QR code on there and, and whatnot um, and some other pamphlets and things if, if anyone would wanna take us up on that. Um, so yeah, just wanted to make a plug for that. Great. And can you remind us how long that is um, yes. taking place? Yep, so um, we opened it on April 1st and we intend to close it at the end of this month. And okay. so we'll have it open for about 30 days. Okay. Um, yeah. Get the word out, everybody. <laughs> All right, uh, anything else? All right, what is our agenda for the May 4th meeting? 
Yeah, so for May 4th, uh, staff recommends that we cancel that meeting. Um, and then looking ahead, um, also a bit of a reminder for May 8th, it's a Monday, we have the dinner meeting canceled with, or sorry, scheduled. <laughs> Please show up. <laughs> uh, the, the dinner meeting with council scheduled for May 8th and so that's a 545 start time I believe it is it'll be upstairs in the conference room okay. um, we can send you details if you want so that's sort of a swap so you'll have the Thursday prior off but then you'll be scheduled for a Monday um, and then the May 18th meeting will be back um, at our regular third uh, third Thursday of the month to talk about middle housing okay Great. Uh, I think, yes, a reminder uh, or a detail um, just prior would be great. Okay. We'd appreciate that. We can do that. Okay. All right. Uh, with that, we are adjourned. <laughs>